What's up, guys? This is Keith Revis from First Works Baptist Church. We're here in El Monte, California. I'm joined by Pastor Bruce Mejia and a couple of the guys from the congregation. Uh, we're doing this podcast to just talk about current events, end times Bible prophecy, and give it all from a yes. fundamental biblical uh, background and, and viewpoint. So uh, today we're talking about if Jesus went to hell. Uh, it's not a doctrine you have to agree with to go to heaven. You only have to believe in the, the death, burial, and resurrection. But a lot of people are misled on this doctrine of where Jesus went for three days and three nights after dying on the cross. So that's what we'll be covering tonight. Uh, and I think the, the, ba the best starting point would be to talk about where sinners go, uh, unsaved sinners. Where do they go when they die? Uh, and the uh, verse we're going to start off with is in Romans 6, uh, verse 23. Well, how about we do this first? Why don't we just like start off by just talking about church? Okay. We'll talk about Sunday. We'll talk about church, talk about sermons, talk about just random stuff. And then we'll jump right into the doctrine thereafter. We'll let it segue into that. But that'll be the topic that we talk about first is, which okay. is um, Jesus going to hell. Okay. We'll do that, right? Yeah. So we got, who do we have over here? Of course, you already introduced yourself. We have Keith Revis right next to him. To his left, we have Paul Casada. You can't see him on the frame, but he's there, I promise. <laughs> and then we have Raymond Flores, El Rey Mend. <laughs> and then we have Brother Hightop Macian right there. And then off camera, we have David and Brother Marcos. And so shout out to those guys right there. You know, just kind of hanging out in blue right there. Drinking coffee. Drinking coffee. <laughs> All right. So this is our first podcast. And we're, we're, we're looking to start a podcast called The Rod of Iron Podcast Show, where we talk about just different things, right? The main thing, of course, Man. is doctrine end times Bible prophecy and any current events, but just also what's going on in our church. I think we have good conversations after church, and so we decided to start something like this. So uh, let's talk about church. You know, hey, we're, we're, we're sneaking in the members little by little during this uh, quarantine. What do you guys think about that? I think that's some Frank stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> some Anne Frank stuff. <laughs> Well, you know, we've never really stopped church this whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, not much has really changed for us. I mean, of course, a couple of people had a miss, but, you know, they were still welcome to come. You know, we've never kicked anybody out. So, yeah. you know, I think that's a good, positive thing. What do you think? I think it's actually a pretty good test run on what to expect in the future, kind of um, get a plan for things like this for when they happen. It caught us off guard, and I think uh, we handled it really well. And uh, kind of thanking the pastor as well for kind of keeping his head on his shoulders and, and guiding us through this. So, Yeah, because we really, um, you know, pastor really played it safe. You know, I mean, w at the beginning of this, we didn't really know, you know, how, how extreme it was. You know, we could only go off of the facts that are, you know, given and the numbers so you know going off of that we just you know decided to limit the church but um you know it's, it's been been great i mean you know a lot of us are you know very strong in our faith so that's good and um it hasn't really affected any of us we've all remained close and hung out with each other outside of church and stuff and gathered to watch the live streams and we actually got the live stream up and running that's so a good thing about this whole thing yeah. I, in my opinion the best thing that's that's come about this whole entire situation <laughs> is that it forced me to like learn how to do all this this live stream stuff because yeah. I, I didn't do that at all you know when we first started the church it was just like just record I didn't want to put the sermons on YouTube not because I was afraid or something but just because like I figured like no one's gonna listen and then we just stuck to that we just stuck to recording them uploading them on Monday for Sunday uploading them on Friday for Thursday and I was just like I don't think I'm ever gonna do live stream but now we have to do live stream yeah. 
Right. And my opinion is, if you're going to do something, go all the way. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's been good. You know, and Brother Keith came up with the, well, you know, um, the idea to start a podcast. And, um, you know, I think she talked about that a little bit. But um, it was actually at, you know, one of our gatherings, you know, that we had outside of church. A little Anne Frank, our little Anne Frank gatherings. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's where we actually came up with the with the title of the podcast, Rod of Iron, you know, as as a group of men, you know what I mean? We really came up with that together. Yeah, I You know, we kind of brainstormed and we kind of just, just hit us and, and, you know, now it's off and running. Yeah. Cool. What no, do you think, Brother no. Keith? No, I, I think it's. By the way, you guys can interrupt each other. Yeah, <laughs> we got we got to talk like like the way we yeah. typically yeah, do, yeah, yeah. right? Don't be all cordial. Like you look you look a little tense there, Hike. Okay. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Hike take the mic I'll and just. Wait for my turn to speak. <laughs> I know. Too late. Too late. He's like too professional. Yeah. Hey, you, loose, you guys got to loosen up yeah. a little bit. We got we got. <laughs> this is only gonna work if we do it the way we typically talk right. after church. <laughs> all right. Right. Yeah. Don't be scared, homie. Minus the F. Minus the F don't be scared of me. Because I'm looking at Hike and Hike's like. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, you know, you, it, the, what I'm saying is like when we talk, when we do this, interrupt each other, you know, joke around and stuff like that. This is still the test run. So, you know, loosen up a little bit. All right. Right. All right, Hike. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't loosen up too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> got it yeah. no I, I think it's good though to see how churches respond especially our church uh, i know there's in the the independent fundamental baptist movement because what, what's going to happen when church becomes illegal and it's not a virus you know and people are just scared to show who show like hey i'm a christian mm-hmm. you know oh you know, hey if you have service and we find you like they do in other countries like even in china is a good example of how they treat christians there they have to go underground they have to go into hiding but that doesn't stop people from believing it doesn't stop people from meeting yeah. Uh, and it doesn't lessen their faith. It should strengthen it. So what, you do, you, what do you think about this? Because I, I was thinking about just this whole situation. Yeah. And a situation like this obviously brings out the best and even the worst in people. Right. But think about this. Wouldn't you say that it also really shows who people really want to fight? Yeah. And what, the, what I mean by that is this is like, you know, obviously we understand the Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. We fight spiritual wickedness in high places, and that never changes. Like so, sure. the enemy is always the same, and our battle tactic is always the same, right? Like we're always the way we fight is through preaching, the way we fight is through soul winning, through exposing the, the wickedness of this world. So that should never change. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like you know, if if we feel like uh, uh, you know something changed, something drastically changes, mm-hmm. we're not gonna say okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna go soul winning, we're gonna go start street preaching. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna change the battle tactic. Or it's like, oh man, this crisis is taking place. We're not gonna fight the way we typically do. We're just gonna go protest mm-hmm. instead, right? right. Yeah. That we're gonna switch our, our fighting that way. We don't we don't want to be uh, ultimately tossed to and fro. Yeah. With every wave of or every wind of, um, uh, what would you call it? Like Doctrine a, or fights or yeah, yeah. The, 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 even politics, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is even worse, you know, because. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we have to earnestly contend for the faith, right? At all yep. times. But isn't isn't this like so this is like a foreshadowing because this is really showing who people think the real enemy is. True. You know yeah. what I mean? Cuz you know, some people will be like, "Well, you know, right now we need to go and protest and you know, go to the government and go bring our signs and go do that." I don't care and, about and, none and of that. It's like, dude, I don't care about that stuff. 
Go fight the deep state. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that there's not wicked people there. But, dude, leave that for the birds. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, that, that's for the hippies. That's for <laughs> We're on the front lines, man. Like, we're fighting the real fight. Yeah, exactly. So, but how would we apply that? Like, because obviously every tribulation that we go through mm-hmm. is a foreshadowing of the great tribulation in the beginning of sorrows that we will experience one day. So what does that say? Well, it says that the people who do that today, mm-hmm. in the end times, they're going to be the ones not soul winning. Yeah. Not right. exposing the wickedness and stuff. They're going to be the ones like trying to fight off the mark of the beast and like, you know, just getting into fights and battles that we're not supposed to be involved in. Yeah, I think. You, know, you understand that, what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And there's absolutely going to be people actually, I would say even brethren, turning us in. Yeah. You know, let them let them fight whoever they want to. But it's another thing. Okay, if you want to go fight politics, if you want to go fight politicians, do so. Yeah. But it's actually going to be brethren turning in brethren, you know, yeah. which is even worse. <clears throat> yep. You know. I mean, I'm chilling. We, we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it, then that's basically what it is for us. Because, I mean, I'm excited to go back. So when everything opens back up, I mean, I think someone's going to be better. Yeah. And I think we're going to be more motivated. Hey, we'll stay out here an extra half hour. Mm-hmm. Let's meet up on Saturday and do it. But right now, it's kind of a chill time. But we've got a good time. I mean, we're, I mean, we're memeing, bro. I mean, <laughs> we're yeah. making fun of it. I mean, right. I'm, I'm yeah. not scared at all. Like, we're basically so doing what? what we've always done, just like, at a different scale. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I think, like, on top of being more motivated when this everything opens back up and things go back to what we think is normal, I think a lot of people are going to be more receptive, too. And yeah. I think it's going to show right away. Because you see this response to, to a virus that ultimately isn't eternal, right? But you shut everything down. You shut the world down for the most part. But people don't even stop and think about if I died today from a car accident or something else besides a virus, where would I go forever? Mm-hmm. You know, and th- I think that the virus can end up actually being a good segue to like, hey, have you ever thought about eternity? Has yeah, that even, exactly. Has that crossed your mind? But think, also think about it as like in the end times when people are going through the beginning of sorrows, yeah. you know, people are going to be like, well, you know, we need to we need to focus on you know, getting food for our families. We need to focus on finding shelter and getting away from, from the people who are going to try to put us to death. We need, this is, this is what we need to take care of. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? We need to fight this. And it's just like, that's the wrong battle, Mm -hmm. wrong battle. And and anybody listening to this would think, well, that's not me. You know, I protest now, but that's not going to be me in the end times. Who you are now is who you're going to be in the end times. Exactly. Bottom line. And like, you it doesn't know, we, change. It, and and we, we've been seeing that nationalism and, and that, that patriot movement, and, and it claims to be pro-Christian, and like a lot of them are like that. But it's like, I'm not going to go there. I mean, I'm not there to argue with them there. I'm, I mean, I'm here to soul win, you know yeah. what I mean, at the people's door. And if I run into someone like it's that, fight. It, and, and because God's kind of in their heart, even though it's like a, like a, like a, like a, a, whatever version of it that they're going for, which is like worldly mm-hmm. and wrong. But as we come to their door, I mean, if God's in their mind for something like that, maybe we could get them saved. Yeah. And then, you know, we just brought them into into God's fold. And now we, we let him chastise them. Yeah. We, we let him do whatever. It's do like this. It's life. like it's like, you know, there's people who follow me that are anti-vaxxers and that's their thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, that's the that's the fight that they want to fight. And they're consumed with fighting. And I, and I appreciate their passion. And I agree with them like 100 percent about being against vaccines. You know what I mean? Obviously, vaccines are wicked as hell. You know, I'm not going to put no foreign substance into my body and all that stuff, you know. But here's the thing is, like, some of these people, that's all they want to fight. Yeah. yeah. It's like, which hill do you want? I don't want to die on the hill. Where that's not like, a, I don't want to vaccine. Because here's the thing, like, that, that's a small hill, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to go to the mountaintop. <laughs> if, if I'm going to die somewhere, I'm going to die on something that's, like, up there. That's the, And I'm not saying it's not, like, a big deal. Obviously, vaccines are a big deal. But here's the thing, like, 
you know, there's people who already lost the battle to vaccines because they were vaccinated when they were children and they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're finding the, the, they're experiencing the ramifications of those vaccines in their latter years, right? So then what's the solution for them? Well, the gospel, getting them saved so that they can get a resurrected body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's the solution. Yeah. Not fighting against Congress and all this stuff, you know, because that's not going to do you any good because they're all <laughs> reprobates over there. You're definitely not going to get a better resurrection, you know, fighting politics and like <laughs> being anti-vax. You'll get 1,200 bucks, bro. You get a stimulus package. You won't shine any brighter, you know? Yeah. yeah you will get a stimulus check. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> and look, you, they may, you may get a cash settlement or something. Yeah. If you get through you, you know, I I I I just like that, like that we kind of just have that same spirit. You know, like 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 no one need to tell us to agree with each other. We just kind of disagree with each other. Yeah. And and that's what unity. Love, that's what I love about our church. And there's either uh, other people out there, you know, in the movement. They're the same way. And you know, the ones that I fall end up falling in line with are ones that I, I barely respect and and want to fall in line with. And yeah. I just fall in line with them naturally. It's not yeah. because they said it. It's just we know we just end up falling in the same type of line, the same, you know, the way that we handle this and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, lo yeah, I, love, me, I love that about it. Yeah, let me read a verse here <coughs> in that regard. Philippians chapter 1. Let's see here. No, Philippians chapter 2, it says, if there, be, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, and of one mind. I mean, that's like, it's reiterated three times over there, right? It's saying like-minded, same love, four times. Like-minded, same love, being of one accord, of yeah. one mind. What is that talking about? When the brethren dwell in unity. You know what I mean? Because how do you fight a battle, how do you fight the war over a long period of time? Well, when you have soldiers to your right and to your left yeah. who believe just like you, mm -hmm. yeah. who you guys are going in the same direction because we get tired of fighting sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can get discouraged and get depressed or something or get down in the dumps. But if you have another brother on the side of you exhorting you daily to continue to go forward, you can make it happen. You know what I mean? And I think also another key word there is brother. You yeah. know, how would you fight? Let's say... In the real world, you see your brother getting beat up. Like, how would that enrage you, or how would oh, yeah. that like motivate you to back him up? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let alone like your spiritual brother. You, mm -hmm. you know, God is our Father. Amen. We're supposed to have each other's back. Yeah. Know? Amen. It's good. Yeah, it's been cool because it's like you know, I mean, we've been soul winning every every Sunday uh, with my team there, Marcos. But it's like some of the guys, but you know, they'll hit me up on Saturday. But I mean, some of these guys are just you know still going. I mean, you know, and and you know, everyone just kind of doing their own thing. But it's like. Like Moses, Brother Moses, Brother Paul, Glenn. Like these guys are going on Saturday soul winning all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like they, they haven't, I mean, they're just motivated. Right. For it, you know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, that's the way they're taking it. Yeah. You know, I'm taking it the way I, I've still been, you know, soul winning faithfully, uh, most of us on, on Sunday, you know, for, for an hour. But, you know. And when we uh, talk about, when yeah, we talk about exactly. unity, we're not talking about like yeah. you can't disagree on something. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. You know what I mean? Well, when we talk about unity, we're talking about the fact that we see the, over, the, the, the overall picture. Right. And, and so because we agree on the overall picture, our minor disagreements doesn't really matter to us. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We have a vision. And so it's like if we disagree on, on, a, on a minuscule thing, mm -hmm. you know, that's no big deal. You know what I mean? Because we have to disagree. Yeah. We ha There's got to be times when we disagree. It will be weird if we would just agree on everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would mean that we all know everything. But this way, you know, iron sharpeneth iron. Right. You know, exactly. which, which means that... <laughs> 
sometimes somebody somebody's a little bit more sharper than the other but hey guess what after conversation you know you're, you're out soul winning together you fellowship together somebody ends up learning something in that process and that's yeah. very important and we get in in disagreements sometimes there's there's oh brother hey. ulysses is here <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You, you're here. That's all right. Go, come right on, come on through, man. You're gonna be on YouTube now. <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually on. We're live stream right now. Yeah, that's him. That's him. <laughs> what? I gotta edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. We got you. Huh? We got you. He threw me off. I was talking about something. Huh? Unity. Unity. Yeah, I know we're on the topic of unity. Iron sharpening iron. Oh, no, no, no. I was saying, like, we disagree sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, 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 so that's what I was saying. Hey, keep it down over there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> sometimes we disagree on stuff. And sometimes, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that there's guys in our church that sometimes they'll disagree even to, like, an argumentative point? Yep. Very good. Offendonitis? Offendonitis. Offendonitis. It's curable. <laughs> wow. I mean, like, obviously we shouldn't argue. We shouldn't have contentions and stuff like that. But, you know, blood brothers fight all the time. Yeah. I used to get in fist fights with my brother. But, you know, it, it's just like it, it would last not even like an hour after. Because as soon as it's done, it's done. We're brothers again. And I think, I think that because someone asked me a little while ago, like, well, how do you guys have so much unity in your church? And that's probably one of the elements there is that guys get into arguments yeah, and then they actually bond closer because of it. Right. Yeah. yeah the other day me, me and I got, got an argument on, on Instagram, but then I felt real bad about it. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> 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 hey, <I'm, laughs> now it makes me want to be like, like nicer to him. I accept your apologies. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I sat next to him right now. <laughs> This is Hike's sweater. You let me borrow it for his podcast. No, even in the real world. I, I don't know about you guys, but the closest friends that I've had growing up are those that I've actually physically fought with. Yeah. Because yeah. you get to know somebody, you know? You kind of know the best and the worst. Yeah, well, you kind of like, you, you breach that, that part of your relationship where it's like, you know, it goes yeah. deeper like, because of the fact that you've gotten angry at each other at one point, but you still have yeah. each other's back, so to speak. And I think it's better to do that than just to be false, you know, with one another yeah. and just always like yeah. smile in somebody's yeah. face, like yeah. and pretend like everything's all good. Yeah. And sometimes there is, you know, a, a disagreement or something like yeah. that. It's be better. To I think it's just you be real. About it and, yeah, just absolutely. be real. Hey, yo, hike, bro. Yo, <laughs> yo, 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 me a meal at Canes, bro. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do, I do, I do. I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> we could go there after this. You know? <laughs> I do. What I'm saying is, just like you know, whether you, you disagree and stuff, but when you disagree, it just kind of like probably what it is is like when you when people disagree and they argue, if because they care about each other, it forces them to kind of work it out. Yeah, yeah. reconcile. Yeah, right. it, it helps you to just reconcile the whole situation. Yeah. And that's why you draw closer to each other. Like, man, this is my brother. You know what I mean? So that's good. I think that's probably where the unity of the church comes into play, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that everyone is like that at the church. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, like, uh, the vast majority of the people get along that way because of that. You know? That's probably why I'm close. I'm really close to Marcos. Yeah. You know, I've known Marcos for, for years. How many years have I known you for? 
Hey, there's been times when I've ripped his face. I ripped your face off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've ripped on Marcos multiple times. Hey, but you know what? I guarantee this guy loves me, though. You know what I mean? And we're, we're, we're like brothers to a certain extent because we've gone through some rough patches. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, open rebuke is better than secret Yeah, love open rebuke sure. is better than secret love. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Faithful are the wounds of a friend, yeah. you know, but uh, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, yeah. the Bible tells us. So, you know, better better to just square up, spiritually speaking, you know, <laughs> and catch faith, spiritually speaking, and then you shake hands afterwards, and then, you know, you can move on. Because then it's like, you know, you can you can kind of like, you know how to deal with relationships too, you know? Yeah. You never want to just be the kind of person that just smiles all the time, and everything's just hunky-dory, and you don't have problems with anybody. We're human. You're going to have problems with people. You know, it's just how you deal with that, those, those issues. You got to be able to reconcile things. You know, we got to be peacemakers. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you can't, you, there's no need for peacemakers if there's no war, you know? So it's like war between brethren or battles kind of, kind of helps us to, to, to work things out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And at, at the end of the day, you know, we're all men, we're all human, we're all fallible. You know, there's nobody that's always a hundred percent right. And again, nobody's always gonna <coughs> agree what you trying to say? On, on everything. You know? See, well, now we're disagreeing right now. <laughs> 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 Dude, me, 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 and Paul disagree a, a lot of times. Like we we'll get into like side doctrines and stuff, like just like stuff that's like like irrelevant stuff. But it's like you, you know what I mean. We, we disagree, but I, I love that about him because yeah. some of the stuff like I end up you know siding with him at yeah. the end of the day. You know, when I go home, like all oh, uh, Paul's probably right about that. You know, I'm not gonna tell him. But it's like, but it's, but it's like, I mean, I, I like that he, that he stands his ground. I don't want to want a friend that doesn't stand his ground. Right. It's like, what about you? Don't want yes men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about what if I what if I'm wrong? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So. David, you were saying. Um, I feel like I like who's Paul. I feel like that's Paul. I, I know, I know, but I feel like the mic needs to be. In, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's Paul? Who's the Paul? Paul, if you if you need to say something, just snatch the mic. Yeah, just snatch it. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, he's all, uh, yes, he's right. He's always wrong. <laughs> he's right about that. He's right about being wrong. I concur. <laughs> well, let's get into some doctrine here, shall we? Yeah, I think, I think we loosened up. Yeah, we loosened up. That was good. That was good stuff, man. So, Brother Keith brought up the doctrine of Jesus going to hell. Now, we're not talking about the Jewish doctrine of Jesus going to hell. For he's still there. Because the Talmud teaches that Jesus went to hell and he's still there. And he's, he's there to pay for his own sins. Mm -hmm. That he's burning in hell in his own excrement because he was a blasphemer. You know, he was a devil. He was doing things. Um, you know, he's teaching black magic or whatever. So they believe that, but not the biblical manner of it. You know, what we believe is what the Bible teaches, that Jesus went to hell for three days and three nights to pay for our sins. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of independent fundamental Baptists reject that doctrine. And they think it's like blasphemy to like say that Jesus went to hell. But to say that it's blasphemy is just to completely ignore the fact that the Bible literally says that his soul was not left in hell. Yeah. Neither did his flesh see corruption. Amen. You know what I mean? And look, it's just like, then what is the tie between Jonah and Jesus? Exactly. Like, what's the point? What is the tie between Jesus and every sacrifice 
It was burned. Isn't he the Passover lamb? Exactly. He's the Passover lamb. What do you think they did? They just like buried the lambs? Did they just bury the sheep and the rams? They burned them. Yeah. Right. And I think somehow that's blasphemous. But you know what it is at the end of the day is, is they, they think this is a blasphemous doctrine only because they think it's just attached to who? To Pastor Anderson. Yeah. That's what a lot. Because look, your old pastor, who's an old school pastor, his old pastor, not the one, not, not, not the, the current old pastor, but I'm talking about like the old, old one, Pastor Hampton, he believed Jesus went to hell and he preached that. And you know what? I've known a lot of people who believe that, you know? So that's a common doctrine, and it wasn't controversial then. It's only controversial now because they think, well, you know, if someone believes that Jesus went to hell, then they believe in the post-trip pre-wrath. They believe in replacement theology. They're wrong on a lot of other stuff. I personally, showing somebody the doctrine from the Bible, have not seen somebody scoff at this. Even if they were to question it, once they see it from the Bible, okay, it is what it is. And me personally, when I first heard of this doctrine, I was like, man, that even adds more weight exactly, on what he yeah. did. Exactly. You know, it, it has even more meaning now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. So, I don't know what their problem is. Powerful. Preconceived ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always thought it was it was funny because the modern Bibles will change, like, when Jesus yep. went, went to hell, you know? Um, uh, they change it to the grave, you know? So, he, his soul was not left in the grave or his body was not left in the grave. You yeah. Know? And it's funny that, you know, people who are King James only – or claim to be King James only are taking that same doctrine, you know, that, that his body was not left in the grave, but they're getting it from commentaries or they're getting it, you know, literally, if they're getting it from commentaries then they're getting it from, you know, these modern Bible translations. Bible college. Which yeah. Kind of are one you of know what's things. unfortunate about that is like a lot of these doctrines, obviously they're not, not essential doctrines, but they are important though. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? But a lot of those doctrines, um, such as for example, the post-trip pre-wrath rapture versus the pre-tribulation rapture, when they take their stance on the pre-trib rapture, they always use the modern version's rendition of it. Yeah, yeah. they right. say uh, bowls instead of vials, for example. Yeah. The Bible says vials, just say vials. Why are you saying Why bowls? Why say bowls? It's not in Are we talking Bible. about cereal or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you know, they, and they'll say like, you know, uh, you know, in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, when it talks about the man of sin being revealed, the son of perdition, mm-hmm. and, you know, it talks about the great falling away, they interpret that as being the rapture. When falling away means apostasy, yeah. and you don't you don't even you need to know up. Greek. You, you can't fall up yeah. though. You don't exactly, but not only that, but let, you, <laughs> you, you need to even, know a little listen, bit of science. You don't so. even need to know a little bit of Greek. Up. If yeah. you were to read just the, the the Greek word, which you can. In that phrase, it spells out apostasy. The only difference is like apostasia, <laughs> and you like think that that's rapture. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's books that they're reading. It's Bible colleges. It's preconceived ideas. You know, I've gone soul winning. I've showed people that Jesus went to hell and no one has ever batted an eye at it. It just makes sense. Absolutely. Let me read you from Revelation 1.15, talking about Jesus. It says, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they were burned in a furnace. Amen. And his voice has the sound of many waters. You know, I think that's symbolic of the fact that, you know, he went down into hell. Yeah. And there's no denying that he was in the center of the earth. Yeah. Right? As Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And to the, and look, most people, I mean, as long as you're not a flat earther, a flat tard, believes that hell's in the center of the earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, these people, they say that that he was in 
in the heart of the earth, but that was in paradise in Abraham's bosom. But the Bible says that, you know, paradise is where the tree of life is. Yeah. Where God's throne is. I mean, right. is that, are they saying that God's throne, that the tree of life is in, is in the heart of the earth? And, 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 they, and, they, and when they, they come at us, like, they come at us with, like, oh, Jesus was in hell. Like, like, and they come, like, with this, like, thing where it's like, oh, oh my God. Like, like, oh, wow. Like, you're saying that. Like, yeah. like oh, like, that's offensive or something. But it, I, I find it offensive that they're saying that the tree of life is in the heart of the earth. Yeah. It's like, what? Well, how about this? You know, Paul said, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Mm -hmm. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise. And notice, where is the location? caught up uh, into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter, yeah. you know? And so, well, they say, well, yeah, but there's different types of paradise. No, there isn't. Where does the Bible I'm just curious. Say have any of you guys asked, uh, anybody who does not believe, for example, they're saved, but they don't believe Jesus went to hell. Have you shown them in acts where it says so? And what, what do they say? Like, how do they reconcile that? That they say Jesus didn't go. To the hell? last person I what talked to just, just said, they they use this cop out okay and this is for anything not just this doctrine i'll show them from the bible regarding the post-trip pre-wrath rapture you know uh the jews not being god's chosen people and yeah. this is what they always say okay this is what the last person said yeah i've already studied the whole thing like look i i i've studied it already i don't see it you know so they kind of just kind of like breeze over it. They don't want to address the fact that it literally says it was like, but can you interpret this, please? I think it says even more if, if they with their own mouth say, I don't see it, then okay, thou sayest you don't see it. Well, what more can we do with you then? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what do you teach somebody who knows everything? Yeah. You know, I, I think sadly that's the majority of people who inject a lot of um, the doctrines, you know, held within, you know, this movement per se. Hey, the Bible says, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That, that kind of goes to show us that Christians can have their eyes closed. You know, if they're not spirit-filled, if they're not asking the Lord to open their eyes. And look, I personally believe that some Christians, if they see the truth and they, they, they want to deny the truth, I'm talking about safe people, though, right. that God actually can begin to, like, harden their hearts yeah. and cause them to be, like, spiritually stupid, mm -hmm. spiritually ignorant, where he begins to remove knowledge from them. And won't show them any more truth, you know, because it's like, why would you deny the truth? I've met plenty of people who were like against a specific truth. And then they they research, they study the Bible and they're like, well, I guess I was wrong. And then they believed it. By the way, I'm one of them. I did not believe at one point that Jesus went to hell. And then when I was when I was challenged by this, I was like, well, I'm just going to study it out, see if it's true. And lo and behold, I came to the conclusion because of Acts chapter two. You know, it's either this, it's either I'm King James only, right? And I believe what the Bible, what the King James Bible said, because are you trying to tell me that they did it wrong, that they translated it wrong? You know, Jesus went to hell. And at that point, that's all I needed. Mm -hmm. It's just like, there it is. You know, let's move on. Sometimes you're wrong. And like you said, you know, like, like they get hardened, like against like, you know, wisdom and stuff, like in the deeper things of the Bible. And that's why these people are so shallow. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't have, you know. That's one thing about us, you know, it's like we have this like deep understanding of the Bible, like where we get real deep into it, like, but, but real exciting still, we keep it hard and, and, and you know, we, you know, we end up knowing a lot because, you know, our pastors are, you know, in the movement, like they're, they're, they're very knowledgeable because they've decided to take what the Bible says without offense and without regard for, you know, who it offends or, 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 
or what their preconceived idea was. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, we just believe the Bible. How about this? The Bible says, I hath not seen nor ear have heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared to those that love him. Mm-hmm. But they have been revealed, but they're revealed unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So what does that tell us? That some people don't see, they don't hear, it's not entering into their hearts. But he says, but guess what? They are, they're revealed unto us by a spirit. And not just any other regular truth. You know, the Bible says that even the deep things of God are revealed unto us. You know, so truth is available to anybody who wants it. So I never want to be like, I know some old IFB pastors that I feel like they're castaways now, man. Like they're, they're like God is basically done with them. Yeah, you know the truth does not stop at salvation. You know that's the first stop. But then you seek more. Right. You know God is offering an inexhaustible truth here, and it's really up to you if you're doing your reading, if you are having fellowship. Because I think fellowship is also like another major part of this. You know, to coming to more truth. Because hey, Ray knows something that I don't know. Yep. And then guess what? We get we get to talking again. That you know, iron sharpeneth iron. Mm-hmm. So you can't just. I don't know. It's yeah. hard, you know. And look, uh, from let's say, let's just approach it from a logical perspective that Jesus went to hell, okay? Yeah. If we were to pay for our own sins, that's exactly where we would go. Mm-hmm. So if we paid for our sins, is, does the Bible say that we're going to be in the grave nope. to pay for our sins? We don't believe in slow, soul sleep. Right. <laughs> that's like a form of soul sleep. Well, Mor- Mormons will take it one step further when you try to tell them that Jesus went to hell. They, they firmly believe and still actively teach that Jesus went to a uh, spirit prison is what they call it. And it's like it's like the 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 crazier version of Abraham's bosom, where you have you have you have you have two two sides of two sides of a place that's not hell and not heaven, or uh, you have saints that aren't in heaven, right? But they the spirit prison is for saved people in the under the Mormon ideology, where Jesus went and preached to them. So they actually still believe that when missionaries die, they actually the spirit of those missionaries don't go directly to heaven. Yeah, they're they actually for sure. they actually go and have they have ceremonies and and uh, they tell people that well now he's a spirit missionary or a sister missionary in in, uh, in spirit. Yeah, that's prison. retarded. So when the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, where yeah. is the Lord? Tell me that, I mm-hmm. pray. <laughs> so are they saying that they're that they're saving, they're down there saving people out of hell? They're sa- they say that they can still save you after <laughs> wow. you're dead. So they, th- that well, that's why they get baptized for so, the dead, so right? So that, that ties directly to that doctrine because they do that because they say, well, th- you know, your grandma didn't believe in the church. They weren't baptized Mormon. Let's save them anyway. You know, let's, let's baptize the great granddaughter of so and so that was like a pilgrim coming across, and they're big into the pioneer stuff. So let's talk about First Peter chapter three, then where that comes from, right? That's where they. That's where they go. Let's take a look at that. Go to First yeah. Peter chapter three, and let's look at verse number. It starts. Let's start off in verse number eighteen. It says, "For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh." but quickened by the spirit mm-hmm. verse 19 by the which excuse me by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison okay so what is it saying here it's saying that he was quickened by the spirit and it was that same spirit that he went and preached unto the spirits in prison so they think that when it talks about the spirits in prison that it's referring to like people who are like in this uh abraham's bosom purgatory uh, yeah. purgatory you know, plays holding cell, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at a graph of it, if you look at some, have you guys ever seen like an illustration? It's like it's like the earth, and then you have like hell, 
you know, where everyone's burning. And yeah, the Charles Lark, uh, yeah, Charles Larkin's uh, little chart. And then you have Abraham's bosom. So it's like two compartments, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like that's, and then you have the it's great gold fix, and yeah, it's a duplex it's apartment. A duplex. <laughs> it's this duplex. <laughs> no AC. <laughs> this duplex apartment that you got going on here, where you have Abraham's bosom, then you have hell. That's what they, and then the, in between is the great gold fix. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they, that's what they believe the spirits in prison are. But is that what the spirits in prison is really talking about? If we were to take the Bible just in its context, because this is actually referring to the fact that unsafe people are referred to as being imprisoned, mm -hmm. right? Because the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah that, that Jesus Christ by the spirit will go and preach to people and, and, and release the captives, those who are in prison, those who are in bondage, because we're in bondage to sin. So he comes and he preaches to us who are imprisoned by the wages of sin, right? And it says in verse 20, which sometime were dis disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is eight souls were saved by water. The like figure wherein to even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we see that baptism saves us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ because it's not only his death, that is necessary to save us, right? Yeah. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number four that he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. So both are needed, you know, his resurrection and his death. So the spirits in prison, the, the whole concept of, of like, you know, because I've heard dispensationalists, dipsticks will say something like that, right? They'll be like, oh, you know, he, he went to prison and then that's where he preached his like great revival sermon and, you know, right. everyone you know, hurt them down in Abraham's bosom, and then they believed, and then they went to heaven after that. Stupid. Say even if it, if uh, he did go into quote-unquote prison, who's to say, show me where this prison is, like, underground, or it's in the heart of the earth. Like, where's the location? Right. You can't just, like, make these things up and kind of forsake the clear scripture and, you know, go with some ridiculous illustration of what you think it says. I mean, yeah. It tells us when. It says when. Yeah, there, you know, so it's not like it's not any surprise of when this happened. Yeah, yeah. Abraham's bosom is a Jewish fable. It's a Jewish fable. That's where it comes from. You know, I I think it's it's so awesome that God makes it so uh, definitive. You know, are you going to be King James only or not? You know, because the King James Bible, as far as you know, as far as English speaking, right, is the only Bible that that translated it as as hell. You know, that you will not leave my soul in hell. Right. You know, so it's. It gives it. It gives it to us. Uh, gives it to us crystal clear. Yeah. You know. See, another thing is like, there's so many ways of debunking this this Abraham's bosom thing. Yeah. Like, so, what was Abraham's bosom called before Abraham? <laughs> the bosom. According according to the <laughs> Jews, it was called it was Adam's bosom, but then Adam fell, so he got he got evicted, and he was like, you know, he was demoted or something, you know. Exactly. <laughs> It's like what in the world? It's such a foolish doctrine. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Anything else or what? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Genesis twenty-two is, uh, you know, where it was. Hey, is there another copy over there? Can you can you grab me one? Uh, in Genesis twenty-two, that's where this was prophesied, and it's like it's actually just like a, an amazing doctrine, you know. And, and I don't know if er, if a lot of people know about this. I mean, I brought it up today, and some of the guys, you know, they hadn't heard it that way. Maybe there's people out there, but it says in Genesis twenty-two six, it says. 
And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. Mm. And, you know, just like Jesus, you know, he bore his cross. It was laid upon him. Right? Yeah. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both together. And Isaac spake unto his father and said, Father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire, which, you know, is a representative of hell, and the wood, the cross, but where is a lamb for a burnt offering? And that represents Jesus. And, and Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing doctrine. And, yeah, amen. and, you know, it goes way back. And that prophecy was fulfilled. And, yeah. you know, that means that it had to be a burnt offering if that prophecy was fulfilled. Right. You know. Yeah, amen. I don't think it's a, it's a ridiculous doctrine. It's, it's ridiculous that people would, um, would reject such a doctrine, you know. Yeah. I think it's just crystal clear. And, honestly, the only people who would even um, think to reject it are those who already have a preconceived idea. You know, because any babe in Christ, when you teach them this, it's not like, oh, 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 how could you are you're an Anishinaite or something, you know? They're just like I've talked to people and they're just like like yeah, that makes total sense. And then so, there's been times when I asked him like, "Do you know why?" And he's like, "Well, I guess like if we were to die, that's where we would go." It's like, "Man, you a smart cookie." Yeah, I mean, they figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they figure it out. I was like, "You know more than most pastors do." Good night. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love that doctrine, you yeah. know. It's a great doctrine. It makes me thankful. Yeah, exactly. Makes salvation more beautiful. Yeah, yeah, makes salvation that much more beautiful. Because exactly. yeah. he was look, look, folks. Three days is a long time. Yeah. Three days in hell, bro. That makes my hair stand up. And in Jonah, he <laughs> says. And in Jonah, he says, you know, the earth with her bars is about me forever. Forever. You know, so it feels like it'll get felt forever. And when when I read that, it's just so touching. Like you know, because that's where you know when you have that in your mind that you know Jesus was in hell, and that's representative when he said, you know. As Jonah was in the valley of the whale for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. I mean, and you read Jonah chapter two. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. You know, yeah, it, amen. Ma- it brings a tear to your eye. If you're yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hell, the Bible says that hell is made for the devil and his angels, and so it's um, it's a punishment. It's an expression of God's wrath that is suitable for an angelic being with a lot of power. And that's where people go, unfortunately, you know. God think, created it, and the Bible tells us that's where he went. I mean, think about it. The fact that his soul descended. We think, like, oh, hell's, like, right here. It's just like, no, dude, that's, like, in the center of the earth. Yeah, and also he has the keys to hell. Why? <laughs> because yeah, he conquered right. it. Yeah, so tell how me, did he, how, how did, did he, he get, get the keys the key? of, yeah. of death and of hell? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's... Um, taking glory away from God <laughs> to say that he didn't suffer for us in hell. Because remember when Peter, when Christ was talking about how he's going to suffer, and Peter said, what did he say? Be it far from thee? Yeah. Or something. But he he's got like, rebuked for that. Oh, yeah, he's like, get thee you know? behind me, yeah, Satan. Yeah. So if you're talking about, hey, let's take this glory away from God, that he did not, you know, That's a good go point. to hell for us. Imagine, like, the spiritual rebuke you're kind of bringing upon yourself. Yeah. You know, so. Right. That's good. That's good stuff. I never thought about that. That's good. <laughs> That's when he should have turned it backwards. You should have had your hat forward, and then when you said that, you just put your hat backwards. <laughs> just, just Photoshop or and just say it feels good to be a gangster. The, the, the sunglasses and the, and, and the cigar. Yo, yo, you, you, you're gonna you're gonna let this off mic guy, off camera guy, just talk to you like that. <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> 
a side note real quick. I just want to get this hey, off my chest. Can you get this, get, get this uh, battery and put it in that one right there? <laughs> I just want to get this off my chest since we brought up the angels, uh-huh. right, and, and hell. Well, people who, you know, believe in the repent of sins, right, and, they, and, the and, and they're against faith alone, they always say, well, well, the the, the angels believe, right? The devils they believe, yeah. but and but tremble, are, yeah, right, tremble. right. But 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 this is the thing: who who died for the sins of angels? Exactly. Did did Jesus was Jesus the son of the son of angels? Or, right. You know, he was the son of man, right? And he died for the sins of men. Yeah. You know, he didn't die for the angels, so yeah, no good. one paid their sin. Yeah. You know. Yeah, amen. <laughs> They're screwed. That's a that's a that's a that's a stupid little cop out to try to teach that you gotta have faith with works. You know yeah. what I mean? James, they try to use that James chapter two, you know, which proven over and over again. And I've had I've had so many conversations with people like that. The you know it's just your cliche people or like they'll come up with Matthew seven, mm-hmm. James chapter ten or James chapter two, excuse me, and then what else? The, the, Matthew seven, James two, and that's pretty much it actually. Yeah, never mind the whole book of John, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, hey, I love James chapter two. I love it. James chapter two is awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey uh, yeah. I believe I, I believe James. I agree with him when he says, you know, faith without works is dead. But you know, I also agree with with Paul when he said, you know, faith without works in in Romans chapter four still saves you. Yeah. So you know, they, they agree. So are they saying that that these two disagree with each other? That well, Paul the problem and James is, is that these or? guys they 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 think that sal- the word salvation is just about justification of the soul right. throughout the Bible. Yeah. Right. No exceptions. Right. <laughs> it's like that's only for when it says saved, you know, it's only for the salvation of the soul, nothing else. So you just go down the list of every time it said saved and salvation, it can only be applied to that. It's like it's not the way it works. You well, gotta re- that's why context is important. Yeah, right. another example would be when they say uh baptism for the remission of sins. Right. Mm-hmm. And not understanding that for there is you being used as because right you know because of the remission of sins go yeah. ahead and get baptized yeah, yeah. and this is you know uh repent be baptized for the remission of sins but this is the thing is is can turning does turning from sins remit sins right you know if if, if i broke a law does 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 not breaking that law in the future remit that that law that i broke no it does not this right? is where so that, that the foolishness of this doctrine comes into play because then okay if that's what you believe okay then wh- I mean, where's the end to all this then? Right. Like, so what sins do you have to repent of? Yeah. Like your specific <laughs> sins, <laughs> or the sins, or, or like you know, or the sins that that, that other people are guilty. Of? I mean, what are you what are you specifically talking about? And then how many times do you have to get baptized? Yeah. Because obviously we sin all the time, and if they believe that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Well, I mean, you're gonna have to get. You just gonna have to live in the baptism <laughs> tub. It, it, you know. It, it, and what are, what about the thoughts yeah. that you've had that are sinful or the sins yeah, you've, the thoughts you've of forgot foolishness. about? It, it comes down to boasting, right? So it comes down oh, to boasting yeah. because because yeah. They, what they're really saying is that hey, if you don't live your life the way I do, yeah, then you can't go to heaven. Hey, folks, right? whosoever keepeth the whole law yeah. yet offend in one point is guilty yeah. of all. So you know, if you deny faith and you think you're saved, you're a boaster. This is what it is. Look, if you have a criminal who committed <laughs> murder and he's standing before the judge and the d- judge condemns him, if he yeah. says, I'll never do it again, it's not going to take away the fact that he's going to be punished for, the, yeah. for that crime that he already committed. Right. <laughs> you know, that doesn't that doesn't change the past, folks. I met, so, I met a lady. She was like, get in the mic, Paul. Yeah. I was like, you know, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I was trying to explain to her 
you know, that, that we don't have anything to boast about, you know, and she was like, she's like, I'm not boasting. It's hard to keep the law. <laughs> that's like the that's that's a that's I'm not boasting, but I'm a, but I'm a pretty hard worker. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like okay. So, speaking of boasting, I was listening to that that phone conversation between Bo and, and Pastor Pastor Shelley boasting Bo. He's like, you're 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 saying that I'm like. I have this false humility. Look, that's not false. This is real. You know, yeah. I got real humility. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been practicing in the mirror. <laughs> he's been practicing. He's like, oh yeah, I was the best preacher there. You know, I was the one that was like the safe character. But I'm not, you know, if you were offering me the position, I would take it. I'm yeah. Like, no. Didn't Pastor Shally say that his preaching sucks? It does <laughs> suck. Some people have a hard time coming to grips with the fact that their preaching sucks. Mm. You know, if it sucks, it sucks, dude. Hey, you know, no, no, change, boy. hey, you know, no preacher in the Bible sucked. You know what I mean? So it's like, so if you suck at preaching, you know, <laughs> I guess you weren't called. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, what, what, <laughs> hey, that was a prank call. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dang. Hey, that's true, though. As, as Mark Barfield would say, 100%. <laughs> remember, hey, no, it, it's funny that you bring him up because remember that prank call on Mark? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, that was so funny, dude. <laughs> oh, they got that guy good. They got that guy good. They got that guy good. Sorry, I almost broke your mic here. I, want, I wanted to piggy bank really quick. One of my favorite verses with. Uh, Did he say piggy bank? I thought it was piggy no, back. Piggy back. <laughs> piggy back. Yeah, yeah. Trying to steal my money? Piggy 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 trying to jew me, man? You saving, that, you saving money in that piggy bank, baby? <laughs> We got a Federal Reserve Christian over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are always taking every every verse that says saved, you know, to deal with salvation. My favorite one is is in Acts. You know, he says, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. <laughs> <laughs> except you abide in the ship. That that's only for okay, so, so you, we're you, screwed. In 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 <laughs> Revelation where where the dead are being, you know, they're being uh Called into the great white throne, yeah. and they come up out of the sea. Those are the ones that are referring that's to. What he's talking about. If you live in the sea, you're subject to the salvation <laughs> oh, of abiding in the ship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, I by the way. I've never been on a ship, so. <laughs> I guess I'm did screwed. It, did it have to be that ship? <laughs> hey, can we go back to? <laughs> can we talk oh, no. about pre preaching that sucks? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something I've heard people say when they try to say Jesus didn't go to hell is when he's talking to the thief on the cross, and he he promises him that you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Right. Like that mixes up a lot of people. You yeah. Know? You know, when you have one bad doctrine like Abraham's bosom, it leads into those weird things like, oh, well, maybe we should baptize repeatedly or baptize for the dead. Or are we really saved? You know, how certain are you? If yeah. you died, where would you go? Right. You know. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. It speaks to the, the fact that he's God. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, that's right. what it speaks to. Right. Because then you have to deny what the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if he is in heaven, yep. you know, by the way, Jesus spoke about being in heaven exactly. even when he was on earth. Exactly. Yeah. Right. No man had ascended up to heaven. Exactly. And so, you know, and by the way, it's most, there's times where Jesus spoke uh, in the present tense as though he was already in heaven. You yeah, know, exactly. even when he talked, I mean, throughout the Bible, you see that Jesus Christ, who's the Lamb of God slain you know, from the foundation of the world. You know, that's something that happened even prior to the establishment of time, so to speak. Yep. So I think that's a lame argument. 
you know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, today thou shalt be with me in Abraham's bosom. So they take it as he went down there to Abraham's bosom for three days and three nights. It's like, it doesn't work that way. How is a holding cell paradise? Next to hell. Yeah. It really robs the beauty of, of salvation, too. You know, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know, the thief on the cross getting saved. Right. You know, being able to go, you know, to, to heaven. You know, because obviously yeah. that speaks to, to the Trinity with thou shalt be with me in paradise. So there's certain people in the Bible that were just used greatly of God, even though they messed up. You know, I talked about Saul on Sunday morning, how he's still being used to to um, to prove eternal security, Absolutely. right? Because he committed mm -hmm. suicide. Right. And you think of someone like the thief on the cross who wasn't able to do much. I mean, he was hanging on the cross, you know? Yeah. But he's a perfect example of someone, you know, who didn't get baptized after he got saved. Absolutely. And I've used that with people who believe in a baptism regeneration. They're like, well, he's the exception to the rule. Yeah. So there is no such thing as exceptions, bro. No, that's <laughs> crazy. I mean, you're, you're looking at uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 47. Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Yeah. <laughs> these guys already received the Holy Ghost. Yeah, and Baptism what happens when you not. receive the Holy Ghost? Yeah, you're saved. You're right. sealed. Uh, until when? The until day. the day of redemption, the Bible Amen. says. And Paul said, Paul said, God sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. That's my. That's one of my favorite ones. You First know, Corinthians. It's like, it's just like you know, <laughs> if he if he's if he's saying that he's. You know, the the uh, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Yeah. And then he's saying in chapter one that you know that God sent them not to baptize but to preach the gospel. Case That's closed. nail in the coffin. Yeah. Case closed, man. It's so. a bad attitude. It's like it's like when Jesus told his people like um um. Where he Did told he say them, that was a bad attitude? He, no, no, it is. It's just it's a bad he attitude like because her. it's like <laughs> he didn't like that point very much. <laughs> no, because oh, you you know when they agree to work for a penny for for the day, right? Some people you know they work the whole day, and those people come in and they, and they work that last hour, and they still get paid the same wage, right? Yeah. And and they and they murmured against it, but it's like you know it's like I, I'm not offended by that. You know that's what that's what I hope. Yeah. I want people to be saved. I don't want to. Like, God is not, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to yeah. repentance. You know? So why don't be like the Jews, folks? Yeah. <laughs> right? The Jews are all mad that, that the Gentiles are now God's chosen people. And it's just like, well, if you're God's chosen people because you're already saved, you should rejoice over the fact that, yeah. you know, the gospel is going around all around the world and people are believing on the Lord. Yeah, they're not. Uh, I think it's in Luke that when Christ was given the parable of the vineyard and the husbandman, it was in that same hour that they sought to kill Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And I was actually listening to Pastor uh, Jason, is it Rob Robertson or Robinson? Robinson, Pastor Robinson. So Pastor Robinson Mountain View Baptist Church. was talking about how even the Jews <laughs> understood replacement theology yeah. because they were considering whether Jesus was talking about them when he's taking saying that the vineyard is going to be taken from you and given to somebody else. <laughs> that, hey, the old IFB pastors don't even get this, but the Jews at that time got it. Yeah, that's you good. Know, that was a great point. <laughs> yeah, I love Pastor Robinson's preacher. He's, he's a good preacher. Oh, yeah, that's great. He's got, that's, that's a good point right there. That's pretty sad. <laughs> that, like unsaved Jews understood replacement <laughs> theology better than most saved independent fundamental Baptists do. It's a great doctrine. Replacement theology is a great doctrine. That's another thing that makes me grateful for salvation. I wouldn't replace that. You know, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, you know, that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, he is not a Jew. You listening, everyone? 
He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither Romans, is that circumcision outward in the flesh made by hands. He is a Jew, which <laughs> is one inwardly. Circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit. His praise is not a man, but of God. So you're going to have to refute that. Someone yeah. just got triggered. <laughs> you might have triggered. to do it. You might have to do what Pastor Somebody's Anderson does sometimes and just read it really, really slow. <laughs> yeah. You know? For years, <laughs> not a someone Jew. out there. Someone out there just commented that we're anti-Semitic. <laughs> is that who that lady is on that meme? Yeah. That feminist. The one with the hair with that. <laughs> the car- the Karen. That description though. <laughs> the Karen. He's like the one with the nose. I think she has arms too. Yeah. <laughs> 2005, like a woman's haircut, like I think she was like, uh, like. Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know 2020 women haircuts. <laughs> I don't keep like up with the fashion. It's like a short bob haircut. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 I know where you're talking about. Talk to the manager yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, talk to your manager yeah. people. Yeah, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, oh, that's got, got the Got the Karen? Karen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like them. yeah, it's the haircut that goes like this, like a, like like this, right? Yeah. yeah. It's almost as if they're, they're, they're like, they're like, give me, a, give me a, a bowl cut, and then they just measured it wrong, and they just kept going down. You oh, know, sometimes yeah. when you write on a blank sheet of paper, and you're like writing, you just go, and then when you look at it, it's like, it has like a slant. <laughs> That's how it is with their haircuts. It's just good. the barber fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like Dennis the Menace haircut or something. Bowl cut. Good stuff, man. Anything else? What What else we got? Uh, we should just keep talking about replacement theology. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll be back. <laughs> no. It's crazy how many people are like really scared to to believe in replacement theology. You know, to say to say the Jews aren't God's chosen people, but whoever believes is the chosen person or is the chosen nation. I think a lot of people have that. They're like, scared of that. They, yeah, they're, it's like a superstition. You know, because <laughs> they they were taught that. You know, yeah. if you bless if you bless them, then they're gonna then God's gonna bless you, and if you curse them, then then God's gonna curse you. But so, even without cursing them, even just saying, well, no, I'm a Jew because. You know, I think it goes. The Bible says they go contrary to the popular opinion. They know, you know, the Jews are going to come get them at night. Uh, What can you do? Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) 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 That's a whole podcast. But it's it's funny. Like, how do how do you argue against? You know, think not to say within yourself that you know we have Abraham to our father. You know, for I say that God is able these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. It's like how do you argue against that? You know, I've heard people try. To argue against that and try to interpret that differently, or or just you know completely dismiss it. Jesus was ready to pick rocks. Starting from exactly even even with Moses, you know he was already giving up on these people. Yeah, want to create like another nation just out of Moses. I I don't even know how they use that chapter in in that that passage because I mean I don't know how because. First of all, it was to Abraham, which, you know, there was no Jews at the time, which is just ridiculous to use, right? But in Galatians 3.16, it says, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Yeah. He saith, Not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So, I mean... I, I, the blessings through Jesus. Well, what are they That's talking not, about? Well, that, that Have they not read? That goes back <laughs> to, right. to using false Bible versions or using yeah. these commentaries, yeah. which... You know, because they'll change it to descendants, mm-hmm. and that's how that's yeah, how they try to justify. They don't even want to be God's people, the Jews, because Jesus is God. So the only way that if you would say that, oh, the 
you would have to deny that Jesus is God because they don't mm. even want to be God's people because they don't want to be Jesus's people because they reject Jesus because they hate him. Checkmate. So I just don't understand how they, how you could say, oh, they're God's people, but isn't isn't Jesus God? I mean, he's God, right? He sure is. So it's like, how are they God's people when they don't want to be God? They don't even want to be God's people. <laughs> yeah, man. How about Romans 11? That's one of my favorite chapters when it comes to replacement theology. That's like the most savage chapter, one of the most savage chapters in regards to this. Let me read it. It says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. And that's where the chapter ends, folks. <laughs> According to most, you know, those who, who believe in Zionism, like that's, that's their favorite, that's their life verse. Yeah. But we got to keep reading. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Okay, by the way, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, whom he foreknew, them he also predestinated, right? Them he also glorified and justified, referring to saved people. It says, What ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercessions to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they, who's they? Israel. Yep. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Where's Elijah from? You know? <laughs> so he's making a distinction between the two groups. They have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they, they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So what is he saying? There's 7,000 out there who are saved. Amen. Because anybody who bows to the image of Baal is not saved. <laughs> right? They're not God's people because God's people worship the true God. Okay. Even so, then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And then it says, and if by grace, then it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Here's the key. Key mm -hmm. verse. Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Checkmate on those who believe that the Jews yeah. are, are God's elect. Yeah. And again, keyword there is seeking for. For example, we seek the truth. Mm -hmm. We find Jesus. Yeah. Are the Jews seeking truth right now? No. To find Jesus? No. They can't even read the Bible. They're blind spiritually. They have the veil over their eyes, which will be done away once they turn to Christ. Right? That's what the Bible teaches. So it says, the rest were blinded according as it is written. God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear unto this day. Now, who is one of the most important characters in the Old Testament? David. David. Right? Yeah. I mean, that they, they admire David. Okay? Well, they're not going to admire him too much after they find out what he just said right here. Okay? And David saith, Let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. By the way, Paul here is only quoting a small portion of where this actually comes from. Because this comes from the book of Psalms. And the rest of it actually talks about how he prays that they, they wouldn't even get saved. I mean, he's saying, you know, let them not be written with the righteous. Let their names be blotted out of the book of life. That's some harsh stuff right there. You know, but even David said this. You know, people get yeah. mad when we preach against the Jews. Dude, David was more savage than we are. <laughs> They, they get more upset than the Jews do. Right. <laughs> I think the nail in the coffin should be for most people. It was, it was for me. Definitely was in Revelations 2.9 where it's Jesus talking. Oh, yeah. 
and he's calling out people who say they're Jews and are not, but he doesn't stop there. He even calls them the synagogue of Satan. Yep. And that lines up with when Jesus called the, the non-believing Jews children of the devil. Yeah. John you know, chapter 8. It, it, it didn't, it, there's no disconnect there. There's, there's a consistency between you're, you're either a Jew or you're not, and it's not about your outward appearance or circumcision. It's what's on the inside. Ye and are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father will ye do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And he's speaking to the Pharisees there. Revelation 2 is powerful. In fact, that's where we came up with our, uh, our, our, our code name <laughs> for the Jews, right? The Nicolaitans. Because I believe Revelation 2, when it talks about the Nicolaitans, yeah. is referring to the Jews. Because the Jews, call them, they call themselves Jews. Right. You know? But what does God call them? He calls them the Nicolaitans, my opinion. He, you know? he was the hardest preacher. He was the hardest preacher against the Jews. Hardest. I mean, I mean, he cost him his life. Mm -hmm. That's how hard he preached against them. They, he like they wanted to kill him. You know. By the way, uh, plug in for Revelation chapter two. Make sure you uh, watch that sermon <laughs> watch there. That sermon. It's called <laughs> the Nicolaitans. YouTube FWBCLA. This podcast is sponsored by First Works Baptist Church of Elmani. Revelation series. What, yeah. what, what do you think the main reason is, though, that, that it's it's like such a push theology to praise the Jews? Is there like a motive people yeah, have absolutely. behind that? Or? Zionism is a major key player in the establishment of the New World Order, if you really want to get into it. Right. You know, and um, of course, we know that that really was pushed hard in, within the churches within the, uh, in the 1800s by dispensationalism through uh, C.I. Schofield and yep. the C.I. Schofield Reference Bible. That was propagated through many churches and many people. Many pastors started adhering to uh, the pre-tribulation rapture and Zionism and just just in general what dispensationalism teaches. Yeah. So there's, a, there's an agenda that's been around for many decades, and it's for the purpose of really watering down doctrine to the point where people have a good view, so to speak, of the Jews. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jews have been rejected by Christians far and wide for many years, many centuries. Yeah, not only just Christians, you know, countries. Yeah, yeah countries. <laughs> they were kicked out of how many countries? Too, too many. Too many. I mean, they had, up. They had, up. They had to make Where's the research? It goes here? back so far. <laughs> Come on. One too many. <laughs> One too many? It goes yeah. back so far here. We're, we're, we're going to look it up right now. How many yeah, countries have the Jews been banned from? Yeah. Okay. Have been kicked out of? 200? <laughs> Marcus is looking up Karen right now. It was about a thousand A.D. that uh, Edward Longshanks of England, you know, decreed and he kicked the Jews out of England. <laughs> yeah, that's because he had long legs. Wow. And he was a savage. Good thing that guy doesn't have a mic, huh? <laughs> but you know, he did that because the people just pressured so hard. So before him, you know, the people just pressured so hard to get rid of the Jews out of out of England. And then when he came along, I mean, he just, he instituted it. 109 countries? <coughs> I know. What, what are you looking at? Are you on Instagram or what? <laughs> he's confirming. Right now. He's, he's, like, confirming. Man, he's liking posts right now. <laughs> <laughs> they got kicked out of more countries than there are countries. Yeah. <laughs> countries came and went. <laughs> they just got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, at the time they started getting kicked out, there wasn't even that many countries. Yeah. Why did they get kicked out of these countries for? Why? Usury. Usury they're and the, only the rejection religion. of they're Jesus. They're the only religion at that time, right? So when everyone's Christian, they don't practice usury because the Bible says to not practice right. usury. And they did they practice usury because the they bring the practice of yeah, usury into the countries. They reject the Bible. Right. right. So it's robbing everybody. Right. Yeah, they're still robbing us today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, gangs are usually 
the Rothschilds. Yeah, amen. That's yeah, good I, stuff. I think it's always good. Point, it's like to discuss they, this manner of replacement theology. Even the Jews up there at the top, you know, they control the financial system, so on and so forth. Even they, I think, in their heart of hearts, if they have a heart, they they know they're not even Jews. They're really the children of Satan. You know, I think they they could care less if we call them Jew or not. You know, so. yeah. Yeah, they hate the Lord. And obviously, there's there's Jews out there who don't hate the Lord. Yeah. You know, there's still hope for some. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was but talking that, about those uh, uh, really up there. You know, yeah. they're, and even they're there's some that are down here too, like those who attend synagogues and they adhere to the Talmud, and you know, they love they it and hate God. They hate God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they exist, but you know, so you know, that's there's Jews out there also that that are probably open to the gospel, but they, yeah. yeah, it's but it's like with every other false religion, you got to get the ones who are like backslidden from their yeah. denomination or whatever, you know. Right. You're not going to win a hardcore Mormon to the Lord, a hardcore Jehovah's Witness to the Lord. You know, you got to get those who have been like out of that congregation for quite some time. And maybe they're not. They're starting to reject it a little bit, you know, because those who are deeply into it, they're already deceived. I mean, if they're already faithful to that, yeah. that way of thinking, you know what I mean? So what else we got? Is that pretty much it, or what? Does that wrap up the, the, the podcast, or we got something else? What's going on, Keith? No, I, those, those were the main two just for the, the testing, but I think um, it's really good to just talk about it and just even bring up replacement theology and bring up did Jesus go to hell because those, are, those aren't uh, – believing, like I said, like believing Jesus went to hell isn't a salvation issue for a lot of people. It's just a matter of understanding yeah. the Bible issue. Right. And if you show people clear verses – then if they don't believe it after that, that's when I would kind of question, okay, what, at what point do you believe what it says? Right. You know, are you saved by grace through faith or are you not? Right. You know, you have to start questioning that. So. Well, I mean, if someone doesn't believe that Jesus went to hell, you know, obviously they can still be saved. You know what I mean? And even if they choose not to believe that thereafter, it doesn't really tamper with salvation. Yeah. But it does tamper with, like, how well do you know the Bible? Right. It's like someone who believes in the pre-tribulation rapture, you know, if that's what you want to believe, right? But, you know, if a pastor advocates for the pre-tribulation rapture and is just completely for it, you kind of you kind of question, you know, their knowledge of the Bible. You know what I mean? It's like someone asked me one time, it's like, would you ever send out, if, if you think pre-tribulation rapture is a non-essential, would you send out a pastor that believes in a pre-tribulation rapture? No. Because you're just basically proving that you don't really know the yeah. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and I think right. also you're not you're not schooled in this matter of end times Bible prophecy, especially, you know, how many pastors uh, are really kind of just don't know about the preacher rapture versus how many pastors are like willingly ignorant of it or choosing mm -hmm. to compromise on this subject, knowing that, hey, you know what? It's an unpopular belief and maybe I'll start being associated with a certain pastor out there or is the congregation going to leave so on and so forth. You know? Here's the levels. OK. You have the dipsticks, like like Sluter, who's just a devil. He's just a reprobate, devil, dyke-looking, <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy. Rosie O'Donnell. Siamese twin, okay? You have that guy. And then you have those who are just, they're saved, but they're just ignorant of the issue. You have those who are... They're saved. They're not ignorant of the issue, but they prefer just to just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. 
Then you have those who they see it, they love the truth, and they're post-trib, but they're closet post-tribbers. They don't want to associate with new eye fears. They don't even want to preach post-trib pre-rest from the pulpit. They don't want the controversy. And then you have those who just embrace it, and they become frustrated with the rest of the people before them. And then they end up joining the movement. Because you want to, you want to, you you want to talk about that stuff. Like, you know, if you start studying end times Bible prophecy and the post trip pre rats, you want to talk about other people who like know about it. You know, like I would get frustrated when people don't want to talk about end times Bible prophecy in my old church. It's like this, you know, they don't want to talk about these things, and they're like, well, you know, that's we need to focus on that, which is most important. So many, which yeah, amen. But you know what? Revelation is here for a reason. The God put it in the Bible. You know what I mean? Like this is something that we should openly talk about preach about embrace accept you know what i mean and promote so that's why we're teaching through the book of revelation amen amen yeah thursday it's uh the destruction of babylon revelation 18 son yeah all right so that's pretty much it right we're gonna wrap this up yeah well thank you all for tuning in to the rod of iron podcast show uh, I'm not your host, but I am the pastor, Pastor Bruce Mejia, <laughs> joined with uh, Brother Hightoff Mason, Raymond Flores, Keith Rivas, Paul Quesada, Marco Sanchez, Ulysses Hernandez, and Dave, what's your last name, David? Flores. Flores. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, you guys, you guys related <laughs> or something or what? So I hope you guys tune in. This is a, I don't know if this is going to go on YouTube. It might go on YouTube because it was a pretty decent discussion. I think it was pretty fun. And so we're going to be doing this on a weekly basis. See you on the next show. God bless you. Have a good one. You guys got any last words? Yeah. (laughs) As it fades away. (laughs) All right.